Squad. I'm Chris White. And I'm Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Insulation. We want to thank you for downloading our podcast, and we're glad you took the time to listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. We got a uh, kind of exciting new series coming out. Chris, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, uh, I got to can't take credit for it for sure you're the one that came up with the idea we think it's a great idea we're going to do a, a multiple part series on attic capping we're going to go we're going to kind of break down all of the different uh sections of attic capping from uh starting off with this episode talking about the uh packing the install truck making sure you have everything you need then we're going to uh move into the next uh segment uh for the next podcast which will be prepping the uh the tap job itself and then the next episode will be about blowing tap and some tips and different things that you can do to make the job a little bit easier and then of course the job wrap-up and kind of tying all all the loose ends together and getting out of the job and um so that's going to be our our four-part series and this is uh part one and uh so we want to talk about packing the install truck so uh, Stevens, what do we what do we want to start off with here? Yeah, no, sounds good. We got a we got a good bit of requests from you know from from guys saying, hey, let's go over actually you know getting into a job, and we were like, that's a that's a phenomenal idea. And so, like Chris was saying, today's episode is about packing the install truck, and we've got some good you know bullet points laid out. And I know Chris has some good expertise he's going to bring to the table, and I've got a a few things for us. But I think. One of the first things that's uh, that's super vital, um, you know, when you're looking at packing your truck for that for that day, you know, you think about, hey, we want to have this truck loaded down. We want to have all the supplies we could possibly need, you know, making as less trips, you know, if any away from that job site to get it done. And kind of one of the first things I like to encourage, you know, the the technical team or the install team, whatever you want to call them, is to you know, get that attic inspection, you know, that graph report that that salesman used to sell that job because right there you have a blueprint off of everything you need for that specific job. Yeah, that's a great point, Steven. You know, the, and the thing is, is that some people may not be using those, those uh, graphs and so forth yep. and, and they are vital. I mean, there's no question about it that those graphs, if you're doing, if you're drawing out the attic and you're marking down all of the things that you uh, need to be concerned with, such as recessed lighting, if there's an HVAC system up there, what type of venting might be up there? How do you access the attic and what's that size of there? Is it a pull down stairs or is it a scuttle hole? What's the size of that, that up there? Those are all extremely important in the preparation so that when your team has to go out and actually do the job, they can make sure by looking at that graph that they have everything in the truck. So there's no stoppage on the job to have to run back to the shop to pick something up or you know, or even worse, to, to order something and have to wait for it to come in. Yep. And, and to just be clear again, for those that may not know, you know, if we've got any branch managers or service managers or even any, you know, install teams that are going, you know, we don't ever get one of those. Guys, you can find them on our member site. It's called the Attic Inspection Report. And what it is, it's a graph. You know, you can get your square footage, the R values, the attic entrances, you know, basically they – they shade out and draw, you know, the attic, you know, the job site that you're going to be going into. They list recessed lights, like Chris was saying, so you have an entire blueprint of what to go off of. And I, I use that as a rundown list to, to literally pack my truck. Like I know how many bags I need to put in the trailer um, if I need any recessed lights. Um, so let's let's get into that. When you let's think about actually packing the trailer. What's what's kind of the optimal trailer loadout or packout design that you've you've seen across the years, Chris? 
Um, well, the best and most efficient, um, you, you got to have your machine and your hoses at the, the end of the truck, meaning at the opening. So yep. when you open up the gate or even if it's a trailer or wherever it may be, um, that's you want that stuff right there. So you want to be able to access the, the, uh, the machine and then the hoses because that's going to be your initial prep and you want to be able to get at that. And so you're going to pull your hoses off and you're going to set up your, your machine behind that. That's where you want to have uh, your tools um, and any of the uh, supplies that you're going to need, like your, your vacuum bags or your recessed light covers, your hatch masters, everything that needs to be, um, you know, prepped during the job to be right behind there. Gotcha. Um, and then having your tools. And then, of course, all of the tap, that's at the back. You know, yep. That sounds weird. A lot of people think, well, I put it at the back. I mean, I got to load it up from the back. But that is honestly the most efficient way because you're going to be working to create that space when you're when you're pulling all the other bags out and or the you know trash bags, tools, things you're going to be needing and, and taking the hose off the hose. All of that's going to be freeing up space behind you so that you'll be able to access those bags. You don't want to have them at the end of the trailer because you're going to have to get at everything that's potentially behind it yep so it's really the most efficient way to do that yep exactly i would totally agree it's, it's super vital in that enclosed trailer you know you've got your your hoses your hose reel and then you've got the machine right there kind of at the the end the opening entrance and then right behind there you've got your tools any baffles that you need and then in the back you've got tap and that is so when you hit that job site boom you can start getting the uh the hoses out you know you can start uh prepping what you need to then you can start feeding from the back, and so it, it helps the process flow. Let me ask let me ask this question. Since we did kind of get into the machines, and, you know, we're not going over uh, maintenance or anything like that, but what are some, some pre-job quick spot checks you want to look for before you leave the shop? Well, on the, on the equipment itself, number one, you got to make sure your hoses are intact and in good shape. Uh, make sure there's no loose connections, things like that. Check around on your... Uh, your extension cords, number one, make sure you have them. Yep. <laughs> I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guilt, guilty as charged myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, yeah, you want to make sure you, you have your cords. Well, then you want to inspect your cords, too. Make sure they're in good shape. Make sure nothing happened to them. Uh, you know, we're talking about electricity here, so we don't want to have any issues on the job site. So make sure everything's intact and working well there. Um, you know, just kind of visually inspect. Make sure that, that machine is in uh, – in good working order if you didn't use it last and maybe somebody else did or maybe it got moved around maybe it sat for a long time since the last job we hope not but maybe it did um you know check the machine out just kind of make sure that uh nothing is you know living in there yeah <laughs> nothing is no, uh, no squirrels have moved in <laughs> exactly you never know uh depends on where you where you store it but um, just sort of, you know, check it out and make sure everything's good, in good working shape. And heck, if you can start it up in the, in the shop before you go, that's always a great idea. If it's been there a while, yep. you know, uh, yeah, oftentimes we, we hear some companies, you know, in the summertime, don't do a ton of, uh, tap installs, uh, because their crews are tied up doing other things. And then as we get to the fall and, and so forth, uh, they start using the machine again. And that's the heck of a time is that first job to realize that you've got some stuff going on that should have been taken care of before you brought the machine in. Yeah. No, if, it, if it's been a little bit, you hit the nail on the head, try to plug that thing in, fire it up, make sure we're good to go. One thing I was going to say that's vital is while you're at that shop before you roll out, make sure that air filter is clean. You know, pull that thing out, pop it with an air hose, and if you've got some 
some tap that's that's kind of been down around the base try to try to clean that stuff out so it does have a a clean filter from the from the start of the day so to speak so yeah that's a good point and i like to uh you know most of the crews that i've trained over the years um sort of we sort of make that a a end of the end of the job uh task so when you get back to the shop after a, a job that's those are the things you want to make sure you're doing yep you want to you want to blow out usually you have uh you know some compressed air at the shop that's usually you know something you can pull down and use you blow out that that air filter, blow out the motors, blow out the, you know, any of the dust at the base of the machine. Yeah, real simple stuff. May only take you two minutes to do all that, but it's it's worth it in the long run. Well, let's let's keep moving our way through the trailer, so to speak. We've we've talked about kind of the hoses and the machine, but let's talk about. We mentioned kind of some tools, right? Having the tools being right behind there, any baffles, recessed light covers, some drop cloths. Let's let's go over go over some of that and make sure we want to have that on the truck. Yeah, I mean you've got a. Number one, you you know you always got to think about how you're getting into that attic and how far of a run is that. What are you going to need to protect the homeowner's house, yep. right? Um, you don't want to walk through, you know, with either work boots on and then tracking, you know, what could be mud, dirt, uh, cellulose, you know, whatever it is through someone's carpet or on the wood floor. So we want to protect that, whether you whether you're using plastic or uh, cloth, uh, drop cloths, whatever you're using on there, you want to make sure, number one, you have enough. Yep. Um, you've got to make sure you've got enough to get to that opening. So it, it's pretty important to understand, you know, if you don't have the opportunity or it's not written on a uh, graph or a work order as to how far you need to go, it's good to have a few extra sitting on that truck so you're able to, to do that. And I'm a pretty big fan of creating sort of a hallway and there's um, yep. you know the extension poles that, that kind of like uh um you know they're i forget what they're called on the back of a truck kind of load bars if you will yeah yeah that, that ex- press extend up. up to hold hold yeah loads in place yeah yeah if you extend those up to a ceiling you get them long enough where you can hit the ceiling with it with plastic on it you you can virtually create your own hallway with plastic yep. so that you're eliminating um, any kind of dust or anything going into the uh, homeowner's home other than where you're walking into that attic. And that's a, you know, that's a, a super easy thing to, to make. Yep. And it really makes the homeowner feel much better, I found, yep. too, because they know that everything's contained right there. Yep. Two things I wanted to talk about was was making sure we keep, and, and I'm a fan of keeping all three on the truck, you know, and I, I keep going back to this attic inspection report, but, you know, Recessed light covers and our two types of baffles. You know, you've got poly and cardboard, and then we've got a recessed light covers. You know, obviously, you want to go back to that graph and see how many you're going to need. Usually, you can get a pretty good idea, but you know, I don't always rely on that graph. So I like to keep a bundle of each, um, and you know, right back behind the machine so that I have you know enough access to them. But what a lot of people don't realize is, guys, you can also use those to protect corners or, or, or ways, areas that you're going to be working around, you know, possibly dragging that hose through. And I would say probably one of the most overlooked supply tools on that truck is some blue painter's tape. <laughs> that stuff is yep. great for covering up walls, uh, molding, anything you could think of to, to protect it. Um, and so make sure you've – I love to make sure I've got it one or two. And some real wide rolls too. Uh, the wider rolls seem to be a lot more effective. 
Yeah, the, as you're putting those, you know, you, you've got to protect those corners, like you said, and you can use the cardboard baffles. I mean, there's no reason if you need something. And then use that tape to, to secure them in there. I think, uh, you know, everyone knows, or you should know, you, you got to protect corners, you got to protect banisters on staircases. It's a ribbed hose that you're, you're bringing up into that attic. Um, whether that's your vacuum line, you're vacuuming out, or it's your, your uh, blower hose. Um, if you start pulling that through and you're getting an edge of a wall, well, you just uh, bought yourself a paint <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and repair job because you're going to have to fix that as well. So, yeah, you've got to have those. Now, you can buy the, the corner guards. They do have those out there. They're, you know, they look a little more professional. They're hard plastic. They go up on the wall. They look nice. That's something if you don't have, you can use that. But if you're in a pinch or you've got something creative, you got to get around. Yeah, uh, why not use what you got? Be creative with the uh, baffles. They're, you know, they're not terribly expensive. They're they're cheaper than the plastic corner guards. Of course, they're not real reusable after you've done yeah. that. But um, it is something that makes sense. And sometimes you have to improvise. That's you know a lot of times on these jobs. That's what we got to yep. do. So right, right behind that is I usually keep, you know, some, some trash bags and, and like a, a good broom and a dustpan um, just to make sure, you know, if we do get any cellulose that kind of gets around that we can gather that up and clean that up for the homeowner, um, which that, that itself is, is pretty, pretty explanatory. But now since we've kind of gotten towards the, the end of the trailer, the truck side, so to speak, you know, that's where we're going to have our tap bags stacked up. Now let's go over, you know, how do you know how many bags to bring to the job? What's your thoughts there? Well, I, I obviously I'm using the coverage chart. I, there's a, a you could either look at the back of a bag, which has the coverage chart on it, or what's even better is the uh, right yep. online using the uh, the uh, the R value calculator right online. It's a little you see the little calculator on I think every screen that we have on the yep. website. You just click on that and it brings you right to this calculator, and you can put right in there you know, what you have for current insulation, or if you're removing it all, uh, then and you're starting with nothing, then you just put no insulation. And then you're, um, then you want to, you know, put in what you're shooting for, whether that's an R38, R49, R60. And then it will tell you right on there how much to install. And I think the really cool thing about it is it does go by the install. Yep. So even though you're looking to put in, if you're putting in an R38, you do the math and say, well, that's going to be 12 and a half inches. If it's 3.6, per, you know, the R value is 3.6. Then I multiply that out to get an R38. It's a, but the coverage chart is going to add that extra for yep. settling. So the minute you put that on there, it's going to give you the installed depth and that installed depth when it settles will be that R38 or R49, whatever you're yep. looking that for. That's what it's going that's to say. that and that's what I tell people all the time. If you just follow, you know, the bag calculator, like Chris said, either on our homepage or on the app, you know, whatever have you, or our, our different coverage charts. If as long as you always follow that, you will be okay. Yeah, we have it on the app. That's you brought that up. Uh, I didn't mention that, but we also have it on our app and the app on your phone. If you can put it, you know, right on your uh, smartphone. That makes it super. Yeah, to easy. me, especially early morning for the guys loading the bags out there, you know, they may not be sitting in front of their, you know, their laptop or in their office or whatnot. They pull that cell phone out, that smartphone, pull up the app, you know, and all they, and I keep going back to the attic inspection graph report, but hopefully they have that and they can just enter in, you know, the salesman's information and boom, it will tell you the exact number of bags that you need to bring. Right. 
Now, you asked the question of how many bags am I going to bring? Well, I'm going to use that app or I'm going to use the, the website and I'm going to find out exactly what I'm going to use. But then I'm going to then I'm going to bring probably another 10 to 15 percent more in bags. And, you know, the reason I would do that is those coverage charts are based on, you know, very scientifically done with, you know, perfect conditions. So. Um, aiming your hose down a little bit, sort of pre-settling the product in there. It's made to go in um, at least with your hose level to the attic. And we're going to talk about this on the install when we're blowing it, but it's it's done it a certain way. We're not always able to do that in some tight attics. So yep. you're, you're going to use a few more bags. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to use, you know, 20 or 30 more bags, but it, you may use two or three more bags on the job in certain areas because of that. The other yep. piece of it is, you know, you're sort of dependent. You've never really been in that attic. You've got a graph. So the rep or whoever did the initial estimate may may have made a mistake. Yep. And that's it, a little bit more common. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. And you don't want to run out of material and then have to drive back, get more, and then you know, continue the job. That's just a terrible waste of time. So we want to make sure we have enough bags on the back of that truck. But I think it's also important to uh, know the number of bags that you have on the truck and do a bag count. And again, we'll do that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this on the episode about blowing the insulation. But it's, I, it's always important to know how many bags you're using on a job to make sure that uh, your numbers do make sense. Yep, exactly. It is, it's always better to have a little bit more just to be prepared than, than be, you know, under because then you have to make that extra trip back. You are exactly correct. Well, let's kind of go over some of the tools. Did we miss any? You know, I know we went over kind of the install truck and packing it. Um, yeah, you, you got to have your, your toolbox. I mean, your toolbox, um, I think, number one, prepping the for the job itself is one thing. Um, you do need swing staplers. You're going to want to have some caulking on, on there, caulking gun, um, you know, utility knives. Uh, yep. You're going to need, you know, I like to also uh, have give us on there. I was going to say, give us a little yeah. tip on the utility knives because I myself have personally dumped several into the hopper and man, it's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, rule of thumb, I always tell, tell guys when I've trained them on around the uh, hopper with it. I mean, a lot of guys don't like to you know, be restricted. You throw the utility knife in your pocket because it is a utility knife, right? Oh, yeah. But having a utility knife near the hopper all the time is a good idea because you're going to be using it to open bags and you know, what I like to do is tie it off so in a way that it cannot fall into that hopper. Yes, that is such um, a, a yeah. awesome idea, and it has saved me personally several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't ever, yeah, don't do that. And the other thing is don't ever, you try not to use your phone too often near the hopper. Yep. Um, I've seen, I've seen where guys have put it down on the shelf of the hopper and then threw the material on top and the phone went right with it. So. Yep. It's a good idea to keep your phone kind of away from that hopper as well. Just, uh, you know, initially you may be aware of it, but there's going to be that day where you're not quite with it and you forget and you leave it on there and it's gone. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I, I even now when I go to buy some new, uh, you know, box cutter knives, whatever you want to call them, utility knives, I purchase the ones that have the little loopholes kind of in the end so I can run some, you know, fishing line or twine or whatever through them and tie them right, right to the top of that hopper. Yep. Yeah, you tie them off there or tie them off somewhere to the side of the truck, but make sure the string's not long enough that if you were to throw it into the hopper or, you know, somehow it would get in there, 
uh, it's not going to reach the agitators down, down the bottom. Yep. So. Now, Chris brought up one other thing that I want to go back to. He said hammer staplers, and these are vital for <laughs> multiple, you know, installed, obviously, you know, with our baffles, recess light covers, and also some of the drop plastic we're working with. But I cannot tell you how many times, you know, we don't bring extra staples. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you've got, you know, a pack or two of extra sleeves, some extra staples in there, because you will go through more than you think you do. So. Yeah, and having, you know, you're going to kind of build your tool list as you go, but you're going to want to have a basic, you know, tool list. Bring, you know, you're going to want to have wrenches and tools and things like that just in case, uh, you know, for equipment. You want to make sure you have the uh, screwdrivers or the or the nut driver for the uh, hose connectors. Yep. So when you're the hose clamps, you make sure those are tightened down. Duct tape, you know, having duct tape on hand, um, prepping your hoses for the job, uh, a good good practice is to wrap that those hose clamps with duct tape around it yep. and um, not because it's going to hold it uh, but because those little uh, hose clamps on the end when those screws are sticking out and they drag across a floor um, it's it's not a good sight yep. to see the scratches go all the way down a nice wooden floor yep um, now you've just you know bought yourself another repair job and uh so you want to make you know to make sure those are protected and and they wear out and and they get loose on hot days if you're working on hotter climates and so forth that glue on duct tape will come off and melt and move and so you just want to make sure you've got some duct tape to go ahead and wrap those around make sure they're protected yep absolutely absolutely well that's as far as packing that truck you know we've gone over you know loading it out and we've gone over some tools to make sure we have on hand can you think of kind of anything else we want to go over yeah, I mean, the, you know, just having having a plan, you know, I, I think is is the key to knowing, you know, you want to have make sure you have walking boards on that truck too. make sure you're, you're protecting yourself from, uh, you know, you don't want to walk through the attic. Yep. <laughs> walk on the walk on the fluffy stuff, uh, as Stephen says, at the end of every episode, <laughs> on the absolutely. You, uh, you know, you want to make sure your the walking boards make it so much easier. So yep, and we, we, we want to make sure we put those down. We've got the joist mates, uh, like, like Chris is talking about, which are designed to fit, you know, 16 inches on center as well as 24 for your rafters up there. Uh, but that is a, a huge tool right there. Yeah, make sure you have all your PPE. You know, you got to make sure that's with you. Of course, that should be without, without saying, but, you know, it always bears to say, um, you know, make sure you have your your gloves, you got long pants, long shirt, you know, you're protecting yourself. Dust uh, mask. Rest, dust mask, yep, and eye protection. You go into an attic, you're not sure what's up there. You know, this is the first time you may be in there as an installer on it. You want to make sure you're, you know, you're protected before you get up there. So, yep. you know, make sure you have all of those items um, on the list to yep. protect yourself. I usually keep a case of our coveralls, just a couple different sizes on there too, um, just because you never know. Yeah, so that's, you know, things like that. So you're going to have a, you know, a nice little tool chest or something over there that you want to have a toolbox. Usually you have, a, you know, just a kind of those larger tool chests, I think, is uh, is kind of cool. They have, like, those those hard plastic boxes. You can get most of the stuff you need right in there. Yeah. Um, and and those, will, those will be able to you know, keep things organized for you and make sure you have what you need. Yeah, I do recommend, like you're saying, to keep an actual toolbox in there otherwise that stuff man it's hard to find when you're <laughs> running through that yeah trailer. yeah that's 
so that's the other thing. Keep an inventory list on your truck. Make sure you know what you have. Make sure you don't leave anything. I mean, I can't tell you how many times you, you know, we walked in with uh, with a hammer and then, uh, you know, we we left and we couldn't find it. And chances are it was buried under 16 inches of. Uh, of yep. So we just want to make sure we have a, an inventory list that we're we're leaving with everything we came. With, yep. At least. That we should be leaving. Yep. One, one other thing I wanted to add, um, I'm a huge fan of utilizing headlamps. Uh, I like to make sure I've got some extra batteries. A couple of those I keep I keep in the in the toolbox. Um, you know, I try to encourage all my guys to have one, no doubt, but I try to make sure we do keep a, a couple sets on the uh, on the toolbox. So Yeah, headlamps are great. LED, now that we have LED lights and everything, they're so much nice, so much brighter, gives you so much for it. Um, I always have, I have one in my briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> I go out and visit, I've got one right in my little uh, computer bag right there. I've got a, I've got a headlamp in there. I, I throw down if we're going up to look at a job or, or something, they're always right there. It's, those are, those are nice to have. And if you're working, you know, in a, in a darker attic, it is, you know, an investment into a, a light An led light is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get down the road to some of the, you can get some real cheap ones that, uh, you know, fluorescence or something that's that's going to create heat. But that's a bad idea when you're blowing in cellulose into the attic. Although we have the fire protection, it does do that char. And you can, you know, if you're blowing in a lot of dust and you got a heavy hot light on, it's going to create a burning smell. And that's not something that your homeowners are going to are going to take to real quickly. So you're you want to make sure you're using LED if you're going to light up anything. Yep. You know, that's that's just a. Uh, such as something that you need to be aware yep. of. Well, Chris, let's transition to, uh, we had two questions um, this last go around come in. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you both of these. But the first question was from uh, Hunt in Texas. He said, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> he said, what are your thoughts on spray foam, huh? <laughs> oh, geez. I thought we were supposed to keep this to about a half hour. Right. Um, <laughs> Quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll cap you at a minute. I, I um, you know me well enough to answer that question is going to take me a long time because there's so many things I'm just not a fan of foam yep. for. Uh, but let's try to make it quick and to the point. Um, foam, number one, is not a friend to the pest control world. Uh, bugs can tunnel through that, and we just can't yep. see them. Um, you know, many I know many pest control companies now are uh, canceling termite contracts because of it, um, just not able to do, you know, a good to do a thorough job in protecting someone's home because you you can't remove foam you know you it, it's stuck to that surface you can't remove it look and then put it back it's just a yeah once you install it um, good luck you know yeah and if you're not if you're not sold on on how that happens you know what in the in the spring when the you know or depending on the climate you're in i'm in the northeast we're getting snowstorms soon so it doesn't work for me but uh, in the spring, you know, a nice experiment is take a uh, foam board and just put that on your on the ground in your backyard. Leave it there for a couple of days. Come back and see how many ants are living yeah. in it. Um, it's just uh, they, they love it. I mean, I, actually, I've never asked an ant if they love it, but they seem to be happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, there's from so many different aspects. It's just not a real good idea. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, foam. Um, <laughs> My thoughts on spray foam, I mean, overall, there's there's a lot of thoughts on it, but, you know, it, it's just not something we uh, would want to use in somebody's home if we're, you know, concerned about about insects, which is, it's, our, it's our livelihood. Yep. So, um, yeah. 
Well, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. If anybody wants to talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, no, we, we could get into the whole building science aspect <laughs> and the moisture aspect, but it's, yeah, for now we'll, we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, so the second question we had came in from Blaine from Georgia. Um, he said, will you please go over builder codes and Department of Energy recommendations and how are they different? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, we get that a lot in the uh, in our trainings and so forth. We we uh, make it a point uh, to let people know that you know it is two separate things: building code versus Department of Energy uh, recommendation are two completely separate things. Uh, so they do sometimes cross. Uh, builder code may be at the minimum of the uh, DOE recommendations, Department of Energy or DOE, um, but. Building code is really just a minimum. It's a minimum insulation point for someone to get into the house. So you get your certificate of occupancy to, to move in. So many brand new homes are actually not insulated to the Department of Energy standards, uh, which means you know it's great for us because that means there's many houses out there that you could be going in that were, you know, built in the last five years that still need yep. insulation. So the um, you know, the building code oftentimes being the minimum, like I said, could cross the bottom line of that Department of Energy recommendation. But um, that's that's only new uh, recently, and that's in a few states uh, so far in the country. Many states are still well below on that building yeah. code. If you if you haven't seen uh, you know the U.S. Department of Energy map, we we build it into you know our our calculator. Um, so. That calculator, Chris and I keep talking about this either on the app or our homepage. You know, if you go there and, and run through the calculator, it'll actually pull up that map and show you the different zones and recommendations for your area. So, yeah, good. And uh, people wonder sometimes where the DOE comes from. How do they, you know, Department of, the U.S. Department of Energy actually does a study as to the number of heating and cooling days in a year. And then determines what our value is going to give give that uh, that area the optimal energy saving, and so that's where the Department of Energy, being that they're concerned with energy, that's where they come up with those numbers. Again, building code is just enough to get somebody in a home. So those are the those are the main differences. But hey, that was a great question. Was yeah, that, that was that was from Blaine in Georgia. Yeah, so yeah, great. no, Hunt. Hunt and Blaine, thank you guys for your questions. Um, we've got a, we'll get a tap uh, swag pack on its way to you. Um, and again, you know, we invite all the listeners out there, whether you have questions or certain topics or scenarios you want to go over to discuss, just shoot Chris and I an email. We're at podcast at tapinsulation.com. And again, you know, if we use it, um, we'll get you a, a tap gift pack sent out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, let's, uh, let's move it along here. Uh, and the next part, part of our show that we've, kept intact for a while bird in the field this is a, a real life story that uh we've either heard from folks like you or have experienced ourselves and i think stevens you got yeah this. no i've i've got a well i'll let you be the judge at the end of it but uh so the story story of the week is i know we were going over attic capping this series but this has to do with removal um so we had uh some removal crews that stay very, very busy all the time. And in this particular week, they were doing multiple removals, you know, in a single day, had a lot of jobs lined up. Well, they had failed to uh, do some of the maintenance on some of their vacuums. Um, And for those of you that do a lot of removals, you know, you've got to 
pop off that um, fan blade housing, you know, just to check for debris and stuff like that. Because, you know, those fan blades, if you've got that machine running, you know, all day long, you know, morning and afternoon, they get very, very hot. Well, they wrapped up for the day, um, you know, got back, parked. Well, they neglected to uh, to kind of unload that truck. They neglected to, to check out that debris in the housing. And what happened was uh, some of that debris in that fan blade housing was uh, was smoldering. And so actually caught fire, burnt down, you know, the majority of the machines sitting around there, you know, especially all the rubbers, you know, the connectors, the hoses, burnt down the hoses on the truck. Even some of the, the sheet metal on the box truck that it was sitting in was burnt down, you know, all the paint, all the film completely gone. But there in the back, you could see tap all piled up and just a slight char around the edging. <laughs> we, they submitted us uh, <laughs> some photos and we were like, Oh my gosh, you know, thank you. We hope everyone's okay. We're so sorry, but I guess, you know, thank you for the, you know, the, the testimony of tap and, and what it can do. <laughs> in case of a fire. Yeah. It oh, works in a fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I've seen that. Unfortunately, that's, that's not as um, uncommon. Um, as you'd like it to be we you know the the fact that we sometimes you know are in a rush and just don't want to have the time to take care of the equipment i mean it sounds like in this case there was uh you know some buildup from jobs like wire or, or metal and oftentimes they can get they can get stuck inside there and as they just keep creating heat that goes through and then can actually smolder out and, and cause a fire you know whatever they were removing if they were removing uh you know, older insulation, many of the stuff that was uh, cellulose that was put in prior to say the fifties and sixties, uh, that wasn't treated cellulose. That's, that's just paper. So when you're pulling that kind of stuff out and then you're mixing, you know, fast metal spinning blades with loose metal flying through it, it'll create sparks. So you gotta be very careful with that. And, um, you know, make sure the machine cools down before you put it away maybe take that front off and take a look, um, you know, especially if you're, if you're removing something that, you know, is potentially yep. flammable. Got to check that housing. No doubt. It's a, uh, yeah. Well, that's not a yeah. funny story, but it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's an important one to, to, uh, to understand. So, Hey, if anyone has stories, we are looking for more. We've, we've done a bunch of these and, uh, you know, they don't have to be funny. They can be informational. Uh, we'll send you some, uh, some swag. Uh, put on a you know t-shirt hat kind of stuff and um, just send it over to our email at podcast at tapinsulation.com. Love to hear your stories and, and, and put it up here. If you want to be anonymous on them, you can just let us know. Or if you want your name on there, uh, we'll go ahead and do that. But either way, we will get you some, uh, some swag if we use it on the yeah. podcast. But hey, the show yeah, is I know over, it. Buddy. That was a fun one. That was good. Yeah, so this is, uh, again, part one. Uh, we're going to, in our four-part series on attic capping, we are prepping the truck. If you have any questions, let us know uh, through podcast at tapinsulation.com. We can answer them on the next podcast. And uh, and we'll we'll get into the next topic, which I believe is yep. prepping. Prepping the tap job. Yep, that's it. We'll, so we'll go through that. So, hey, for now, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Until awesome. Then, yep. well. Have a good day, everybody. Remember, keep those feet on the joists. Whoosh. <whistles>